and welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K-drama, we watch it two episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we watched episodes 9 and 10 of Reply 1988. Yeah, we are at the halfway mark! Oh I'm no! ever ready for it to be over. It I could watch the like show. I've been here forever, and I love it. Seven seasons in a movie, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want it. I want it forever. Like that's the magic of K dramas is that they end, but also you just never want it to end. It's so good. It's so good. It's such a good one. Um. Okay. I feel like I want to talk about the most important part, which is the romance. Of Doxon, because that's all my heart cares about most of the time. The other stuff is just great. It's we're having a good time, we're vibing. But what I really care about is the romance of Doxon. I did have that vibe very especially in episode nine. Like they tried to do any other backstory besides what Doxon was up to in episode nine, and I my heart said, Don't bother. I'm sorry. Don't even bother. <laughs> and it was important stuff, too, because episode nine was also when we were dealing with the shoot. I can't think of the character's name. Sun Wu's mom, um, her mother-in-law just decides to <gasps> oh, be yeah. the most psychotic human being. Weird. Like, Unhinged yeah. evil. Yeah, like a level of evil that is, like... Feels reserved for CEOs in most K-dramas, but instead mm-hmm. this is just a grandma, you know? <laughs> this is someone's grandma who's being, um, who's not a CEO of anything except <laughs> being a shithead, so. She takes that with pride. Yeah, and I couldn't engage with that because I was so invested in Jackson going to China with Take to take care of him during what? the Baduk. What is this? What is this living together trope they're trying to give us? Yes, and the very low-key how capable Dioxon is when it matters, that they didn't- it was like a final end episode reveal of how good a job she did when when she was told like, hey, you're going to make sure that your friend who has a really hard time taking care of himself in normal circumstances, let alone- when he's extremely stressed, you need to make sure that that dude doesn't get himself killed by starving or hitting levels of exhaustion that he should not. And she said, got it. Got Done. it. Done. Say less. <sighs> she was on blast the whole episode, in my notes and in the assistant manager's mind, for sure, for sure. We were both like, this girl, what is she doing? Why is she <laughs> like this? And then they brought it back. Which also, okay, how has everybody for years just assumed that Take doesn't eat before competitions when he's like, literally, I could eat. You just have to bring the food to me. I just can't go to restaurants. I'm too nervous to go out to eat. Yeah. I'm not too nervous to eat. And everybody's I'm- just like, he's not hungry. I don't know. Yeah, he he won't eat. He's not going to come down, so don't worry about him. And it's like, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> Bring the man food. Yeah. He's your country's pride and joy, and you're not bringing the food to his room? Insanity. No, I, absolute insanity. And it took Dioxon one time going with them to be like, oh, he just needs, like, something that's going to be really low-key on his stomach, and he needs someone to bring it to him. That's it, guys. <laughs> fine. That's it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What have we been doing? Starving this poor boy. Yeah. Oh, so bizarre. Yeah, and then the uh, insane theatrics she pulls in order to get them into a room that is well heated and doesn't have dripping water. I love it, because it's not for her own sake, it's for his. Like, she would do it for her own sake. She's a bizarre little weirdo, and we love it. But uh, <laughs> she's doing it for Tate this time. And that's yep. so cute. Her powers for good. And I I think maybe my favorite little side, uh, I don't know, it, it was like a little gift from the writers that she became really good friends with the concierge at the hotel because she spent so long just figuring <laughs> out how to communicate with him that it was like, how could they not become friends? He's the bus stop girl for sure. For sure. 
Yep. He won this show. He is <laughs> the most perfect character who is not named, who is not going to come back for any reason. They just come in, they do good, and they leave. Yep. Perfect. Perfection. Um. Yeah, that, I, that episode was flawless for me. It was perfection. Okay, because I have... Two little, two little notes. It's not that I didn't like it. It's that I'm so confused as to what they're trying to do. Where we got her taking pictures with both Jung-Hwan and Take at different points in the episode on different kind of quote-unquote dates. And uh, we have the man who is clearly Jung-Hwan looking at the pictures and pretending he is both of them. And she goes like... She looks at the picture with Take and she goes, this is the best day of your life, wasn't it? Which is just a bizarre thing to say to the man who's clearly not Take. Don't even try me. <laughs> um, I think, so I actually think that they had both pictures taken as a way to say, like, it could be either of them. I think both times they were looking at the same picture. I think that what's up in the air is if it was the picture of her and Take or the picture of her and Jung-Hwan. Uh, which see. is to say, is it her and Jung-Hwan or is it her and Take who actually, incidentally, when he grows up, becomes Jung-Hwan. jackass, yeah. <laughs> like, okay, I know it's unfair to be like, Jung-Hwan, we hold him to a lower standard. He's he's the same. He's gonna he is exactly the same when he's older as he is when he's younger. And that means his behavior is fine. Him like <laughs> roasting ducks on him being mean as a husband is fine. Cause they have that dynamic for their whole lives. If that man in twenty fifteen is take, I am mad at take. I will be so disappointed. I will be genuinely upset at this show if they're like, nope, she married Take, and that's him. I will I had, not forgive anyone. I had 100% the same thought. I had the I had a moment where I was like, if that's Take, why did they ruin him to keep a mystery going? Like, don't put him in, don't put older him in the interviews if you're going to insult his character like that. Just don't do it. Can we not have a neutral dude who's, like, somewhere in the middle of all three of the guys? Because we had Sun Woo being a potential future husband for a minute there for the first mm -hmm. couple episodes. Could we not be like, what would a future version of Sun Woo and Jung Hwan and Take's son look like? And that mm -hmm. man will be the husband, so that it's, yeah, super secret, we're keeping it locked down, nobody can guess who this man is, but they're like, no, it's 100% Jung-Hwan, but we're gonna keep pretending that yeah. it might be another one of the boys. And then if it's not, you're going to feel so misled, so, so lied to, or and so like, disappointed. <laughs> yeah, in who Take grows up to be. Because it's like, it's not even like he's terrible, right? It's like, the guy's fine. He teases his wife, which like, mm, I don't know. But like, it, it seems like pretty well, like all in good fun, right? So, yeah. so that's fine. That's a fine thing to have him do. It's just that it's out of character for two of the three people that were mysteriously trying to see like, who's it gonna be? And it's like, well, it's insane if it's one of these <laughs> other two people. What are you talking it's, about? It would be a cruel Sunwoo and a like a turned take. <laughs> take took a wrong turn at some point like in his life hardened. to become that man. <laughs> we don't like it. Nobody wants that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's like the guy's fine. It's just obviously Jung Hwan. And yeah. if it's not, then it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that. I will say that. It's the perfect show, but if that's not Jung Hwan, then it's bad. But it's not bad. even like we're then we're like it's not even like I'm on the ship necessarily, right? Where I'm like it must be Jung Hwan because I want them to be together. It's like no, it must be Jung Hwan because that is adult Jung Hwan. <laughs> <laughs> yes, which makes me do the like they have to be I'm on the ship. I have to be the captain of this boat because as much as I love Take, if he doesn't get the girl in the end, then I want other things for him. I want him to move in a different direction instead of just being the second male lead who doesn't get the girl. Because that sucks for him. He has so much 
else to give. So, like, it just makes me keep coming up with excuses of, like, okay, I want him and Duckstone to be together. I love Take, but also he sees her as a very motherly figure, and I don't, maybe I don't love that. Maybe that's what makes it not perfect, and I don't want them to be together, because I want him to find his equal, not someone who will just take care of him in every way. Okay, right? Is everybody, (laughs) is everybody cool with that? Like, what is the reason that they don't get together and my heart doesn't absolutely shatter? That is... I, interestingly, am doing the same thing on the flip side, because I think that take... And again, it's insane. There's a lot of cognitive dissonance here. Because I am so on the take ship here. Because I do... They said it in episode 10, I think, that... Take and Dioxon are very well suited for each other. Um, here in in the younger years, before Take becomes hardened, if it is him, <laughs> before he like does a stint on the streets and becomes a crueler version of himself, <laughs> um, <laughs> he uh, he and Dioxon are so sweet together. All of their interactions make me so happy. So even though I I don't mind the interactions between um Jung-hwan and Dioxon, I love the interactions between Take and Dioxon. Even even when it is a little bit caretakery, there is still the moments of them being equals, like equality. Uh, even looking back at previous episodes, like um, when he's trying to kind of teach her how to play Go, and she is not doing a good job with it, but, you know, he, he gets to be the teacher in that moment. Or in these episodes, like them at the beach was really sweet, um, them like sharing snacks and stuff. Uh, Jung-hwan is a goddamn idiot for leaving those two together at the yeah, beach. Yeah, what was that dumbass thinking? Why did he not volunteer? <laughs> That's the stupidest thing he could have done. I know he didn't know at that point that Take was interested in her, but also that if you want to spend time with her, that was the perfect opportunity. They had the cutest, best time together, and it probably wouldn't have been the same if it had... And that's the thing, right? Is that Jung-hwan doesn't... He'll show up for her, which I really like. He wants to have those moments with her, but then he won't let himself have those moments with her. Like, he'll show up for her, but then he'll he'll eventually pick a fight or let her pick a fight. Versus Take and her, when they're together, just enjoy each other. And so I love their dynamic together so much. And Aww. so I am so on the ship, except that I don't understand why they made Take Grow Up to Become Adult Jung-Hwan. Why do we even have to have the 2015 version of the characters? What point are they serving except to tear me apart inside, trying to do the mental gymnastics of how does Take become the husband and become awful, and still be the take that I have in my heart. I don't yeah. know if it's possible. Or, like, why couldn't they have older Jackson discussing it with someone else, right? Like, Bo-Ra, or one of her friends who's also gotten older, or one of the other boys that we know, di- like, maybe all of a sudden they later are like, oh, this is actually Sun- Sun-Woo, but it they're not together, He's just her friend, and so they're talking about, like, her and her husband and, like, what her husband's up to or whatever. Um, but they the never say his name. I think in the first couple episodes, I thought she was talking to, like, a therapist mm-hmm. and just recounting, like, here's what my childhood was like. I think especially because the first couple episodes focused on her middle child syndrome and being like, here's what it was like growing up in a family who didn't love me. And it's... <laughs> very clear later throughout the show how much they love her and that like a therapist could help her realize that but they move away from that pretty quickly and they're just like no it's a camera in the home of this woman and she's got a husband there and her siblings come and visit and and you're like no give me the mystery just keep it either just her and maybe also her siblings. I love them. They're neutral. There's no spoilers there. Just take the husband out. That's all I want. Take future husband out. Okay, because he's clearly Jung-Hwan, and I hate that. 
Don't, I want the mystery back. <laughs> Give me the mystery back. Or show us less, right? If they had cut it off after the very first interaction, maybe it was just like a weird day for take, you know, or Sunwoo <laughs> or whoever it was going to be. Uh-huh. But probably we just didn't need him. And yeah. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> it feels like a spoiler at this point. Obviously, she ends up... I, I'm trying to claw my way back onto the Jung-Hwa train because I was there for a good, a solid probably four episodes, five even. And then all of a sudden they started giving us more take. And I was like, I can't have enough. The limit does not exist. <laughs> it's all I want. And yeah... I'm fully back on board now that you're like, no, their interactions could not be more perfect. I'm like, I know. I know in my <laughs> heart that you're right. I just don't want it to be true because apparently they don't end up together and that hurts so bad and I hate it. But yeah, this show's just really messing with my heartstrings. Maybe if I cared less about the romance, I would be happier, but I yeah. can't. I'm a monster for romance. I just freaking love it. Yeah. I think they did a really heartbreaking moment, too, of Jung Hwan finding out that Take is interested in Duk Sun and him I having to- that. It was tough because it was really good. First of all, Take is a fucking hero. He's not embarrassed about having a crush. <laughs> and that's another reason I'm on the Take train. That It's like- <laughs> He he's not embarrassed of his crush the way Jung Hwan is, and it is it's a red flag to be embarrassed about being attracted. I get that he's like her friend that he feels like he shouldn't have a crush on, and he's afraid it's not reciprocated. But that said, it's like he's internalized all of this, like this full complex about having a crush on her, and then kept it his own little secret because he acts like it's shameful to have a crush on her, and then take immediately is like. His friends are fully making fun of him, and he says, he just laughs about it. He's just like, yeah, I do. I think I like her as a woman. I genuinely have feelings for her. And you can laugh, like, it's not going to change how I feel. And so I, it was such a good moment, but it's also heartbreaking when you view it from the point of view of Jung Hwan, who is finally working up the courage to, like, get past his own his own freaking issues that he's he's all put in his bags and car carries around with him constantly. <laughs> um, but also, it's tough from the point of view of Jung Hwan being the friend who has to carry the knowledge alone, right? That now he has to choose between making his friend who he's very protective of, like hurting his feelings, but also his own feelings and and how he is finally unpacking all of his baggage just to find out that if he f if he finishes unpacking, it could very well hurt the friend that he takes care of. Yeah, because they really reinforced this, like, taking care of Take and protecting Take and how everybody in the neighborhood, even Jung Hwan, the, like, mean neighborhood kid, quote-unquote, is, like, super protective of little baby Take as they all should be, how even he has to deal with this and like, how do you, yeah, how do you sacrifice your own feelings or can he sacrifice his own feelings for the sake of the person that he has vowed to protect? Because <laughs> he loves Take almost as, le as much as he loves Stuxon and that's yeah. rough. That is rough. Or maybe more, maybe more. <laughs> this might be like the way they get him off the ship that he literally cannot get past how much it would hurt his his good friend Take. I don't know, though, because it's obviously not Take that she marries, so now we're all scared. Now we're all scared that Take's gonna get hurt, including Jung Hwan. <laughs> but mostly me, okay? But mostly me. No one loves Take more than I do. <laughs> okay? Nobody loves Take as much as the viewers, and that hurts. That hurts us all. Yep. Oh, but yeah, there's other stuff in this show, too, and that's cool. <laughs> Take's dad goes to the hospital, and apparently oh, his best friend is the brother of Sunwoo's mom, and I their did best not see friends. That. I did not see that coming. I think they said his name. I think both sides of that that triangle said the brother's name multiple times before they did what was for me a big reveal. I don't know if it was a big reveal for everyone else. I feel like it had to be at least a little reveal, because even if you heard 
the brother's name in both Musung and Sun Wu's mom, who also has a name, but I forgot it. <laughs> I think it's Sun Young. Sun Young. I'm sure it's. Yeah, we'll call it that for now, and I'll look in my notes. Maybe it's in there. Okay, Musung and Sun Young each say the brother's name, but like, there could be two Toms. There could be <laughs> two people with the same name. <laughs> Yeah, because I think they tried to keep it a little bit secret where she's talking to her brother on the phone and he's like, I have a rich friend who I could ask for money anytime. And she's like, no, I'll ask the rich friend like you don't have to. And that's such a like odd interaction where you can't imagine him having a rich friend and her being the one to go to said rich friend and ask for money. And then they're like, no, it's it's her neighbor who she brought to Seoul after his wife died. Which, after his wife died and she calls him up and goes, you have to come to Seoul. We'll take care of you. We'll take care of your kid. Things will be good here. Forget about your dead wife. She's yeah, dead. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> that's a really tough sell, actually. Um, the the way you've presented the argument is, it is rough. It is difficult to hear. It is difficult to read. <laughs> We can't talk like that to people who just lost their spouse. Like, it is instant karma that her husband died a year later. (laughs) It is instant karma that she's like, forget your dead wife. She's gone. (laughs) (laughs) Should I have said that? I don't know. But it feels true. It made me laugh. She's so mean on the phone. peak dark comedy but yeah she did she said some stuff that felt really wrong i i think that maybe i want to say it's the translation in the context right because if someone if if someone came to to like a person i know or or whoever you know when when someone loses a spouse i think it would be very normal to have a friend call them up and be like hey i think you're holding on to some habits that uh you're holding on to your grief right and and it will never not hurt, but the grief is going to eat you alive. That that you need to let go of, and you need to move forward with. And I think a fresh start will really help you. If it was presented, you know, in a way that maybe we uh, either natively or I guess more complexly understood. So maybe that's what it was, right? If you're if you're actually. Um, super familiar with Korean and you're not just relying on translation, which, um, is a, they're doing, you know, amazing work. It's why we get to watch the K dramas, but we also rely on it a lot and they can't always do direct translations. Like it's not always going to work, but if they do even somewhat direct translations, then it sounds like you need to let go of your dead spouse. That, that's just a weight that's weighing you down. Forget about them forever. Never put another thought toward that dead person that you loved so much. Um, instead of, hey, you're letting your grief get the best of you and you're not being there for your son. Why don't you ha- come have a fresh start? It hits a little different. It, it hits, hits different. Which might also be <laughs> an 80s thing. It could also be like a generational gap where yeah. clearly a lot of these people need therapy. They don't have it. I get that. (laughs) It wasn't prioritized for them. (laughs) I don't know if I would have had the words that uh, you just shared very eloquently of how to talk to someone who just lost their spouse. But uh, yeah, the way she did it was pretty uh, tactless, maybe, (laughs) is the the feeling that I got. And he was like, that saved my (laughs) life. That was the best thing I've ever heard. So good for you guys. But the whole storyline between them was very sweet, and I loved it. I love that he's just like, here's your $20,000. Here's 10 million won. I did the little bit of Googling, and uh, in today's money, it's around 20,000 US dollars. Okay. I always, I don't know the today's money conversion. Whenever I'm converting, like if we're watching a more up-to-date drama, like Little Women, for example, I just removed three zeros. It's a really, really bad conversion, uh, typically, but it gets pretty close. Usually, yeah. if if you just remove three zeros from the number, then you've got the USD. Yeah, and I think it works really well with smaller amounts, especially where you're yeah. like thirty thousand won is around thirty US dollars. 
Once you get into the millions and billions, the conversion starts to be pretty off. But yeah, yeah, for I think general purposes, that is a great way to do it. It's a good pro tip right there from Raquel. <laughs> a little K-drama pro tip. Remove three zeros. Remove three zeros. But I was curious also about, yeah, how much money it would be worth today. If somebody asked me, the poorest person I know, <laughs> to gather 10 million won, what would that look like? $20,000. Impossible. Yeah. Even I couldn't do that and i've been saving for the past year and i i'm proud of what i've saved but if someone said you have one month to pull together twenty thousand u.s dollars i would say mom <laughs> <laughs> do you know a rich man <laughs> uh, yeah but uh that hit hard. The shame from borrowing money was like something that i've been dealing with a lot in the past two years because uh, living in Tokyo has been almost entirely on my family's dime due to mistakes that I made in my financial and life planning. We're going to pay them back soon, guys. But yeah, it really is hard to accept money from people who love you. Because uh, from people who don't love you, it's easy to be like, I'll pay the loan back. I'll pay off my credit cards eventually. And like, there's no relationship there. It's you know you'll pay it back and it'll be fine. But with people who actually love you being like, I believe in you and that's why I'm giving you this money. You're like, I'd rather just die on the street, thank you, actually, than accept money as love. I absolutely know that also from experience. I this I am currently in the era of my life for the f very first time that I am financially comfortable. I used to be the poorest person I knew. Um, I know the feeling very well of not even being overseas, like literally being two states away from my parents and not being able to afford to go. Like they had to purchase my plane ticket to go see them because that was the only way that they would get to see me for Christmas. Um, it wasn't going to happen if it wasn't for that, you know? Yeah. So I, I also, I know the feeling and I also know the feeling of how hard it is to, yeah, accept things from people. I've also, ooh, had it thrown back in my face pretty hard too. So I um have like some fear. I've had I have had the after everything we've done for you conversation with people who have provided a lot for me at times oh, that no. I needed it and not in a I was trying to take advantage of the situation. Uh just that I was, you know, like really struggling emotionally and maybe not always making the best decisions, but I also wasn't like doing meth and gambling away like the money that I had and stuff. It was just that I like was sad <laughs> and staying out late sometimes. Um anyway, that's all to say I have a lot of um shit I carry because of that where I fully understood why Muyoung was or sorry why uh Sun Sun Young was very committed to not accepting the like the help her loved ones were trying to offer and it was such a beautiful moment of um it was like a release it was like going to therapy to have Musung Musung have Musung tell us that you just do what you can there will be days that you can pay it off and there will be days that you can't. And there will be the days that you're providing the help and there will be the days that you're asking for it. And that's just fine. That's life. That's ca called having loved ones and dealing with the world. And like what you offer is important and good and like it is it isn't always financial right like what you have to provide isn't always going to be financial but it's still going to be important and people yeah. love you and want to help oh <laughs> therapy it's right there it's such a good show it's such a good show oh and i love that she does she immediately becomes his caretaker and is like i'll do this not because i owe you a bunch of money it's clearly not about that but just because, like, I would have done this no matter what. Yeah. She was hiding it from him and doing that before, like, he knew about yeah. it. She was still showing up for him. Because that's oh. just what you do. You show up how you can. So good. I love their relationship. I hope she learned how to cook and that 
Her meals are really tasty now and not full of salt because I think that's really bad for you if you just had a brain hemorrhage. Like, I just assume that's really bad for you, so... (laughs) She's figuring it out. She knows all this, right? She's doing great. It's fine. She's doing great. It's cute to watch. Oh, I I feel like it's super cute in that like vaguely annoying way where the other two moms in the neighborhood are like, I ship it. I ship you guys. <laughs> it's so like well juxtaposed next to Duck Son's best friends who are like, I ship you with literally every guy in your neighborhood. I ship it. I ship it hard. It's just like, you never grow out of that. You never grow out of just being like, two single people? I see a ship. What if you were in love? What if you were in love, though? Like, oh my god. So cute. Never stop. Never stop shipping people. That's the toxic message from Play on K today. Never stop shipping people. Ship every person in your life with someone else, even if they're happy being single. Oh my god. <laughs> this, this is triggering for me. I'm in a happy oh, no. relationship, but I do remember being single and feeling the pressure. The pressure. Oh no! Not from you, but just generally. Like, the, oh, one day you'll fall in love and that'll uh. be it. It's game over for you. And I'm just the, I have a lot of religious family members. That were ready for me to be married when I was, like, 18 and a half. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. My grandma does still ask my sister every time she sees me or her or any of our family when she's going to be in a relationship. And at this point, Annie's like, probably never. Thank you. I don't really think I want that for myself. I uh, really enjoy my life as it is. I don't really want to change. I'm not interested. And grandma's like, you you will be. You will be. Just wait. wait. (laughs) It's like, fine. Maybe she will be someday. But can't you just wait silently? Sit on your hands, grandma. (laughs) Okay. Oh. So, yeah, I only do that with fictional characters. And it makes me feral about it. I can't do it in real life. So I do it way too much in fiction. Oops. I feel that. I feel that because I also am the Dioxon's r- romance is the most interesting part of this. I also, I do love the turn we took, the little turn we took where Jung Bong is getting his own romance storyline. Oh Can I just God. say, Jung Bong is a super cutie, but then I googled the cast list um, independently of Asian Wiki, which just uses like the pictures of the people from the show. Dude is so cute. What? That actor is so, so cute. They really 80s him up so hard to make him kind of the goofy older brother. He's still cute in the show. I He's got such a cute face, but like the actor photo, adorable. I keep forgetting to share my fun facts, and I'm glad you shared that one because it finally reminded me of one. I missed one last week. And I'll put it on the Instagram, because it was a, a really good one. But this week's fun fact is that Jung Bong and Jun Hwan, Jung Hwan, the two mm-hmm. brothers, they were both born in 1986, the actors were. Whoa. And the dad, their dad, their goofy, silly, jokey dad, was born in 1980. Just six years older than those boys. Uh-uh, that's so... <laughs> they did him dirty then they because dirty. they made him look fully like their dad. Yes. They were like, we're aging these boys down by 10, 20 years. Um, t- just 10 years. We're aging this dad up by 10 years. And they did it. They did it really good. I'm proud of them and I'm terrified of the power of TV makeup and costuming because that's a good con. That's a very good con. That is, I am, the ages of the actors that they've used at this point is, it's kind of good that uh, we're playing what feels a lot like Who's That Face now throughout the drama, because it would be the whole bonus episode. It would be the whole bonus episode where we're just like, guess how old this person is. (laughs) Guess how old this person is. (laughs) And we would do a great job. Because these actors' ages are all over the freaking map. Yeah, insane. But anyways, to your point, Jung Bong, Jung Bong, 
Why can't I say his name? I can't say <laughs> anyone's name this episode. I'm so sorry. He's a cutie, and I'm so glad he has a storyline now. I felt for them everything I wanted to feel for Sunwoon Bo-Ra's storyline, but could not. Still cannot. I can't ship Sunwoon Bo-Ra. I hate yeah. it. I don't even hate it. I feel nothing. That's how I just am like, that is the least convenient plot, right? Where sometimes... <laughs> Sometimes when you're watching a show that you love and then there's like the plot you love that you never want to end and then there's the plots that pop up that are just little inconvenient interruptions in what you're invested in usually those those inconvenient erup- interruptions are only slightly inconvenient they're only I'm still interested on some level even though I joked earlier that I couldn't have been less interested about what was going on with uh, a lot of the parents and stuff. Um, I, I still like it. I still liked the storyline a lot. Whereas the Sunwoo and Bo Ra storyline, when it comes up, the overwhelming urge to for it to be the oh, it's time to look at my phone moment, the ADHD <laughs> urge to just look away from the screen because it's just eh. it's just, it's it's an overpowering urge. I think I felt that for a good portion of it, but it just kept nagging at me that the, the like, style that they went with, which is popular, it's a trope, is just keep asking until she says yes. She said no every time until now, but maybe she'll change her mind if you just keep asking. And I'm like, that, I hate that. It's so old and toxic and it nags at me because you watch it a few times and you're like, it's fine, whatever, like he's young. And then the sixth, seventh, eighth time that he's like, I don't care that you don't like me. I still like you. So I'm going to keep inserting myself into your life. You're like, bro, she's just trying to live at this point. A woman cannot even walk down the street anymore. And then it starts to get to me. Yeah. I, uh, no, I agree that they, they pushed that really tired plot line way too hard. <laughs> Sorry. I, I was looking for <laughs> images of the actor who plays Jung Bong, uh, and his name is On Jae Hong. And, uh, I sent it to Emily while she was ranting so that I could just. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk anymore. Just no. <laughs> that is not. I I had already started. I had already started. I just happened to send it while we were talking about the least interesting story. <laughs> but I fully agree with you that um, it's annoying. I liked I liked the storyline of him being the only person to pick up when she called. I didn't like the storyline of him continuing to ask her out after that. Like, that was an invitation for him and not an emergency situation that he helped a friend out in. But instead, his big moment of getting to be the hero, it was kind of gross. It was a little bit gross. (laughs) I mean, she probably could have told him, like, hey, you were call number 16. I called literally every other household. No one picked up. I don't know why. Our neighbors might all be dead, including your mother. (laughs) I was hoping it would be her. I honestly would have rather Jinja answer, so. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. But yeah, I think I got... It's, yeah, just not enchanting. They have little romantic moments that are supposed to be so cute, but they're only cute for Sunwoo. They're just kind of inconvenient for Bora and frustrating for her and tiresome for her. And I'm like, I can't not be on her team right now like i didn't want her to get back with her cheating ex and then he cheats on her again and it's like that's the worst i don't want you to be in this situation i also don't want you to rebound with this boy who's been chasing you around all week yeah that's a problem it's all bad she has terrible taste in men i guess is what we're trying to say Bora, we want more for you. You're the coolest character. Please do not lower yourself to please the neighborhood guy who's a total cutie and deserves the best and we love him, but his method of wooing you is just to badger you until you say yes. It's very teenage boy. It's very it 
It does not endear me personally. At that point, I would say you are only making yourself seem more 18. There's every <laughs> single time you talk to me, you get a year younger, actually. So now you're like 10, honestly. And I could never date a 10-year-old. That'd be horrifying. So Illegal, horrifying, disgusting. So Hard sorry. Note. Big big time though. <laughs> get gone, Sunwoo. Like, oh, I hate it. I did write down two notes, and then I did not bring my notebook to the recording. So I'm remembering them on the fly, and one of them was about Sunwoo and Bora. Uh It was just how stoked I was when she straight up told him that he is still going through puberty, so he needs to just calm down. <laughs> he needs to just... <laughs> I, I could never be attracted to you. You're still going through puberty. Uh, pretty much exactly what we just said. Yes. Yes. Do not Absolutely. say yes. Do Absolute legend. Go. Legendary legend. moment from Bora. <laughs> She's got so many of them. It's hard to choose one. It is. I'm proud of her every day. Right? I was I think I was a little confused when she drove all of those kids to pick up Dongyong and did not realize that there would not be enough seats. I was like, I guess she's okay with just throwing one more person in the back and driving four hours along the highways in a very dangerous illegal situation like it's the 80s maybe that's fine with her and then they get there and she's like what what do you mean the math doesn't add up and you're like bro you are (laughs) a math major at the number one school in korea so you didn't you didn't realize that adding one more person to your car would make them not fit that's a that's a real world application so (laughs) (laughs) what's happening here what's happening a literal story problem (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's a, it's a first grade one. It's a first grade problem. So, uh, yeah. I Maybe, well, except there were still f- several other people in that car that could have been kicked out. Because I was going to say, yeah. maybe it was because no one can say no to Take. So when Take could make it, everyone was like, well, obviously Take has to go. We can't break his heart. Look at his face. Look at his face. And Jung Hwan <laughs> was the one who got the call. He's not going to yeah. be like, I'll send everybody else and not go. Yeah. And you know that if Jackson was told that she can't go, she probably would have made the entire neighborhood miserable forever. And Sunwoo was the only one capable and willing to give actual directions. Like, <laughs> read a map and give directions. Nobody else is going to do that. <laughs> so I guess that's why they're on the car. Yeah. We answered our own riddle. <laughs> we solved the story problem. We solved the story problem. <laughs> Two of you take the bus home. Yeah. It's fine, because it ended up in the most adorable, spontaneous day date that possibly could have happened. So cute. <laughs> but at what cost? Dong Dong was crushed in that episode. That oh, man. young man was obliterated. They didn't even give him a proper resolution to all of that. At least when Jokesun had her whole middle child storyline, there was some kind of moment where her family realized that they had really done her dirty. His family did not have that moment. He did not get the satisfaction of his family saying, I'm so sorry for how this all shook out just now. We'll do better, but also you do better because you can't just run away from home. No, we had none of that. Because, yeah, we had Duck Sun, and we even had Take have a little bit of a you-need-to-tell-your-kid-you-love-him episode with his dad. This dude, Dong Yong, nothing. He got the opposite of that, whatever the opposite is, a very much, like, we do not even notice you enough to love you moment. <laughs> yeah. Why is that the end? Why is that the end message? Yeah, I do wish they had given us some sort of resolution where his mom really was worried or maybe it was his dad that noticed he was gone and was also worried but now he just got the i noticed you were gone and i didn't care from his dad (laughs) and his mom just didn't even know what happened yeah like (laughs) who are you again (laughs) his dad sort of gets a pass by being like i just assumed you were at takes house because you're always at takes house like i think that's fair it sucks, but it's fair. But yeah, the mom's like, I genuinely have not seen you in years. I do not care for this interaction. Yeah, I've got some work to do. That hurts. That hurts my heart. It's our first time meeting his mom, and we get nothing yeah. from her. 
And I think, I don't know, maybe all of us, I definitely wondered what she was up to. What was her deal? Who's she? Why doesn't she hang out with the other moms? Because she's a workaholic in the 80s. Not even like a cool working mom who is queen of insurance, but also knows to take time for her family. Like, obviously, it sucks to be like, here's a perfect woman who does it all. But also, it really, really sucks to be like, here, you get to choose either. You get to choose one or the other. You get to either be a mom, and you're the best mom, or you can be a career woman, and you're the best career woman. There's no you middle can't ground. can't have both. There's no. no there's no room for both of those things, so. It's the <laughs> 80s. It's a different time. <laughs> and it feels true today, and that's what hurts. This is my greatest fear. It is how women are... Tr- the men get to be career men, and I... Should actually should we shut down this feminist rant before I start or maybe <laughs> <laughs> I'll support you if you want to keep going. It's it's just bullshit, I guess. We don't have to go into all of the details. We all know that there's a discrepancy with how women in the workplace who are also mothers are viewed plus how mothers who work are also viewed by society generally. And it's getting better, but it's still really hard because there's expectations for both. And um, yeah, so I'll just end it there. We know, we're aware. Moms are amazing and they shouldn't be forced to choose. They seem to be really the only ones that are, so... Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, it's really hard not to, like, jump in and be like, yeah, and because <laughs> um, if you want to unlock our full rant, we will put it on Patreon, and it'll be a bonus episode. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we won't do it. We won't do it. But uh, just now that we feel very strongly about women and their perception in society and their rights in the workplace, and <sighs> okay, we're going to cut it off. We're going to cut it off here. Clean cut. Clean break. Clean cut. We're doing great. We've done really well saying we're not going to talk about it, and then we did anyway, but we're really going to stop now. We're really good. This time, for real, we're not going to do it. (laughs) Oh, I had one other question that I know you can't answer, and I'm sorry. What was up with Jung Bong going to the temple and seeing a dude and then getting kicked out of the temple? I... Would love to say that I was a person who did my research. I would love it if I had said, if I came to this episode prepared in any way. I, I know it's just a cultural, an 80s Korean culture joke that we don't have the context for, and I did not look it up. Okay, cool. The same. Yeah. Cool. Yes. (laughs) Same page. (laughs) Same page. I just wanted to be sure that wasn't like your second note of like, Oh, I know who that guy is. I'd be super impressed. I should have. Because <laughs> it's kind of that moment, right, where I got really hyped on the protests without knowing anything about them. And you were like, actually, I did some homework. And this is what was happening. And, <laughs> and I know things because I took the time. <laughs> I Googled a thing and I'm some pretty dang smart about it, right? And then I learned, and you learned, but this time around, maybe it was my turn, and I said, fingers, what fingers? What's a Google? (laughs) I spent all my time looking at Asian Wiki and discovering how old people were, and I did not do any actual research that would be fun or helpful. I found the actor pictures for Jung Bong during our episode that we were recording. (laughs) (laughs) So we're kind of nailing it. (laughs) Um, which makes for great audio you know when you just share pictures with your friend (laughs) over skype (laughs) yeah i mean it's good for me yeah i had a good time (laughs) i had a really good time um okay then that's all my notes we can wrap up. I really I really just want to check in with you every week and talk about take for like 40 45 minutes mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then check like do a little bit of the other characters, all 14 15 other characters that make up the other 4% <laughs> of my brain. Um especially just the take show in in yeah. my head right now. We're here to talk about take and we'll see everyone next week to talk about take as well. 
yeah, and maybe the smoking storyline will come back up. We'll deal oh, with yeah. that. I forgot about it, honestly. It takes nothing away from him in my... Like, I don't want him to smoke. I want him to make healthy choices to live forever as an immortal <laughs> good being. <laughs> but they also didn't bring it back up. They were just like, yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, he gets real stressed. And it's like, well, I guess as long as he's only doing it when he's playing tournaments... Maybe that's okay. I don't, it's yeah. probably not okay, but is yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, we don't advocate feel. for smoking here, but also he's an adult. If he was in the U.S., <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's legal. That might also be a thing. We'll figure it out next week. They'll for sure bring <laughs> it back up, right? It's not oh, just gonna we, be a one-time thing. Yeah, as usual, we will see you guys next week to pick up the exact same line of thought that we're. <laughs> <laughs> Just like we do every... We'll leave you with our weekly question that we'll answer at the top. <laughs> Next time. In in the meantime, if you have any other questions or fun facts or things that you want to talk about, you can email us at playonkpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, or we also have our website where you can find uh, the episodes and our affiliate links, uh, and that's playonk.com. Yeah, you can find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash playonk. That's where you can support the show and get access to our full-length, un- almost unedited. I do edit, I promise, so that it sounds good and I take out all the trains that are that I'm just talking over. Um, but like the full-length, hour-and-a-half episodes that we record every week, are those are on our Patreon for our happy award winners. Yeah! And, uh... What else is there? Oh, we just, uh, we know that not everyone has the same means. Uh, so if you don't subscribe on Patreon, but you do have a little bit of time, if you could rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to us, that is the freest way to help us out, and it helps other K-Drama podcast listeners find us. And I'm on a binge that I get on, like, every two years or so, where I actually use our social medias, so you can find all of our latest content on Instagram, at Podcast, on Twitter, at K. And on TikTok, at playonk underscore Emily. Yeah, and I think that's just about it. So you can catch us next week for the Take Show, where we cover Take in the next two episodes of Reply 1988. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, bye. Okay, bye.